1: We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 32, and I am joined by my good friend Christian Brune, who's been in a bunch of my work, including How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town, and in the yet-to-be-released The Go-Getters. Also, you have seen him in Orphan Black, Murdoch Mysteries, The Handmaid's Tale, the list goes on. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Alright, so we're watching broadcast news. I'm Jeremy, I have never seen it. You're going to introduce me? This is your you, podcast. You have to introduce yourself. me.
0: What sort of a host doesn't introduce their guests? I do an introduction before. I, I oh. wax all amazing about how great I've never listened are. to this podcast. I don't know these things. <laughs> hey, it's Christian Bruhn. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I've never been called that before. Thank you. Uh, if you hear me mowing down on stuff, it's this delicious popcorn that Jeremy made for me. Thank you. You're welcome. And you have not seen the movie. I have not seen Broadcast News. I really know very little about it. I don't even know who directed it. I know Albert Brooks is in it. James L. Brooks James L. – okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And he's primarily known for television. Yes. Simpsons. Um, but, I mean, yeah. This is I, – I, this is one of those iconic films that I know nothing about. Anyone that I've mentioned Broadcast News to, they're like, wait, which one is that? Yeah, it is one of those weird movies like that. And, and I think people, for some reason, confuse it with Network – Yep. Uh, just because it's about the news, uh, including myself. But the only scene that I, I've never seen it, the only scene that I know of that I think I might have seen is the flop sweats scene. There's a scene. I don't know what that is. There's a scene, because I know about it from acting class, because my teacher was like, you should do the flop sweats scene from broadcast news. In fact, I might have even have done that scene at some point <laughs> over the years. So I might know a whole chunk of dialogue. From this movie. From this movie. Basically, uh, and any time, I get flop sweats all the time. It's something that I suffer from. Hence why you're recommended the scene. I I think so. Probably never actually put that together. (laughs) 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 I was probably flop sweating in all my, uh, like, scene work uh, in class and my teacher's like, well, give him the fucking flop sweat scene. (laughs) I always give the sweaty ass.
1: (laughs) We call those a hint.
0: Yes. (laughs) I don't, I don't pick up on those. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and so whenever I get flop sweats, I think of this movie. And yet I've never seen this movie. I I, I think I've seen a clip from that scene, but... Yeah. I'm, I'm curious
1: if once I watch it, if there's like, oh, that's where that's from. If there's going to be a whole bunch right. of like weird yeah. pop culture references, they go, oh, now I know the origin of that.
0: Maybe there'll be a bunch of like references in The Simpsons that we never got before that like James L. Brooks put into it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's
1: fascinating. And this is one of those movies where I know... All I know is that there's like an epic ensemble cast. Yeah, there's like a ton of like who's who in this movie. I picked it up on a whim on a Criterion flash sale because I assumed I'd like it because of the cast and James L. Brooks, and but I don't even know so, the plot. So I'm how sure come I you never watched it.
0: it though. I just got it a couple weeks ago. Okay, in the mail. So okay. it was one of those ones because I'm notorious for buying movies and then shelving them and never watching them. Yeah, I'm bad like that way for years.
1: Too. But I have in my little anal notebook I've written down all the movies that I own that I haven't watched. Yeah. So I every now and then I can go through and I'm like ah, and start checking them off. That's cuz otherwise those I should do that
0: forever. I've had Streetcar named Desire for years I've never watched it. Oh. I've never watched Streetcar. We should come back and do it sometime. I literally bought it in theater school like 15 years ago. I don't know if I've
1: ever actually seen the movie, but I've seen the play. I've never even seen the play. In fact, I don't think I've ever read the play. Hmm. I which know is the play. a sin. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, before, just before I moved to Toronto, was stage managing, like, a not a bad version, but, you know, a... You like a regional playhouse know, version? Regional playhouse version. Which could be
0: very good. Yeah.
1: it wasn't. No, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've actually ever seen... I think I've seen some scenes. I've seen, like, the Brando, the big Stella. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. How do you do that scene without thinking of Brando anymore? I wonder how that's possible. Yeah. Like, how you can do that, because, first of all, it's an iconic thing that everyone knows. Yeah. So if you kind of don't do it that way... People feel like they've been
0: gypped, but if yeah. you do it that way, you're just doing an impression. Yeah. Also, it's not proper to say gypped anymore.
1: Oh, right.
0: That's terrible. On. I'm so Come sorry. On,
1: it's funny how words like that you don't think about at all as being. Yeah. Casually, I know, and casually, you know what? I actually
0: racist. I have a pile of them, and and it's hard for me to even think of gypped as being like I never. I don't think of Roma people when when I say gypped. I don't think of, Ie gypsies. Yeah. I don't think of anyways. This is, we're t- totally off topic. No, but, thank you for saying that, though. But I didn't. I'm calling you out on <laughs> that. <laughs> that's fair. No, no, please do On your casual. Right?
1: White privilege, racism. About gypsies. I, uh, I'm sorry to tell the gypsies. The Roma people. The Roma people. The Roma people. I apologize. <laughs> I appreciate the calling out. <laughs> I'm so on that jerk. note, <laughs> yeah. Let's watch a movie.
0: <laughs> Broadcast news. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby To get ourselves a treat
1: All right, so we just finished. Yes. Um, and as we were looking up, because we were both very fascinated with if this thing won any awards. Yeah. Um, and Albert Brooks was nominated for Best Supporting. Christian was convinced that Sean Connery, who won the okay. award of the year... What, what, what movie did you think he won for? Fuck
0: you. <laughs> just say it. Come on. Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. <laughs> which I will argue, Stranger. in my defense, is one of his quirkiest performances and the most un-Sean Connery performance of his career. Oh, yeah, that's why it's great. So yeah, that's playing. why I'm like, oh, maybe people recognize that. You asshole. <laughs> Didn't have to put that in the podcast, my stupidity. You did shame me for my gypsy comments, and that now, is we're, true.
1: now we're even. That's uh, true. That's fair. So our first reaction right while we were watching the credits was how bullshit it was that Holly Hunter was third billing.
0: Yeah. That's her movie. Uh, that movie is about her. Even in Wikipedia just now when I was looking up the film, they mention her. It's like the movie is about this uh, you know, news producer, blah, 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 blah. And then they list the rest. But any time I've ever thought of this film, I could never remember who the woman in the film was, who the female lead was. I always thought of William Hurt and Albert Brooks. And I will say that she is hands down brilliant in this. And she was nominated for an Academy Award. This was the 60th Academy Awards. Cher won for Moonstruck, and Cher was brilliant in that film. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. But I, I, I could definitely argue that Holly Hunter deserved an Academy Award for this performance. It's incredible. I would say
1: that this, having not seen Moonstruck recently, uh, this performance holds up more now. Maybe. Yeah. just Especially just... Especially right now. It, just, it
0: feels very... I mean... The Moonstruck's was... a very big film, though. It's yeah, very yeah, broad. Yeah. It has big characters that are very loud. You know, you think of it's like... It's a different movie. It's, hard it's to a very, very different movie. movie. This movie, I... the The one thing that doesn't work for this movie or that goes against it in terms of Academy Awards is... It's just kind of hard to define. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? What's it really about? Like, there's... There's a middling of plot to it. It's not like, you know, oh, like no plot exactly. I mean, like it's it, the it's so minuscule. It's like handsome young guy comes into an office, shakes things up, flips everything on its head. Yeah, you never get away with a movie like this today. No, because it's just not about enough. But what, but it is, was fascinating. I was never bored. No. And I came into this film exhausted and not wanting to watch a movie, and I was never. Not, I was never bored, I was never sleepy, yeah. I never wanted to check my phone. Like I was pulled in by the performances more than anything, yeah. by her I, performance. I get sleepy in movies at night now, and yeah. given that it's, it's
1: two hours and ten minutes long, yeah. and it has no story, no plot... Yeah, it just kind of rambles it's along. It's amazing, like, nowadays it would be the Major League story, where you would know in the first act, if not the first ten minutes, that the station was in trouble. Yeah. And if it doesn't turn itself around, jobs are gonna be cut. Where that just comes out of nowhere at the end at the very end, in the third act. Like which is realistic. Yeah. You wouldn't Yeah, that's how it would really happen. You'd be blindsided by it, you wouldn't know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, but that's how that's what would be in the remake now, is like you'd know from the get go that everyone's
0: jobs were in jeopardy. Totally. And I don't know if that would be any better. No, but, the, but... It would that be more. It would just be more stereotypical. I mean, what I liked about this film was that it's just kind of out of left field. And there's a reason why people don't remember it, and there's a reason why people are like, oh, is that Network? Wait, which one is it? It's because it's really kind of about nothing, and it's easy to forget. But... That said... That said, Holly Hunter, brilliant. Like, I'm in love with her. She's so compelling to watch. Like, her performance is so nuanced and so quirky and so honest and raw, and and there's just something so effervescent about it that I've never seen her do. That's the best thing I've ever seen her do. And I'm a fan of hers. She's, um, she's a beast in this film. Yeah. And I'm curious how
1: much of those little, like, idiosyncratic moments were just her invention, or how much was scripted? No, those were her. Yeah. They were way too... They were way too off the cuff in the moment. But even little lines, I mean, I don't mean just, like, like, those great little sighs or gestures or things she did. Right. There's a couple little, like, lines that feel that they were throwaway or ad-lib, but I wonder if she's just so fucking good, you make them, it feels like they're ad-lib. There's ad-libbed.
0: moments in this film where you can tell they don't use the best take. Oh, there was like there's one flub that William Hurt made in yeah. the in the office, right? Like when they're talking, yeah. As everybody's getting fired, he like stumbles on a line, and they keep it in there. I love that shit, and it makes me think that there's a real trust between the actors in this. I think Albert Brooks probably did a lot of little improvy bits um, to keep himself spontaneous. Um, who I think is the weakest out of the three actors. He's the least convincing, in my opinion. Who, William Hurt? Al- Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks? I-, I loved William Hurt. And William Hurt is, as I described him before, someone who clearly takes himself too seriously. That's how I always picture him. And but in not this in this role, movie. No, he's great. I've never seen him in like this before. He plays kind of just like gr- grew up pretty, having everything handed to him, and is also kind of... But he's dumb. aware of he it. He knows it. He's aware of it. He's also aware that he's not the smartest tool in the shed. Smartest tool in the shed. Yeah. Sharpest <laughs> tool in the shed. I'm clearly not... going <laughs> not... to fuck up that You know what, line. I've said that before many times, too. I'm clearly not the smartest fucking tool in the shed. Yeah. But, he's
1: brilliant in that's this. That's what I loved, that, and that's what I really liked that's not expected. Even though he makes a shitty move at the end that he gets called on and loses her over, mm-hmm. uh, what I liked is that he's not kind of an... A smarmy asshole. You know, He when he says to Albert Brooks, I promised myself I'd never try to pretend I knew what I was doing. Yeah. You believe it, and, yeah. you, and, you, and it's authentic. Yeah. But I also
0: like that he's good at what he does. Yes. He's you know? a natural fit for it. And he has a natural confidence in what he can do. It's, it's a really fascinating character. And it's the most alive I've ever seen him as an actor yeah. in a role which I loved. And then Albert Brooks is doing Albert Brooks. Yep. He never does anything different. And I I don't know. I mean, it works for the role, obviously. Like, he makes it very Albert Brooks. And the role is probably written for him. I mean, it's perfect for him. Mm-hmm. And that's why it doesn't work for me. Oh. In a weird way.
1: Yeah, there's moments of him where, yeah, it's... I mean, Albert Brooks, you're going to get what you get when you get Albert Brooks. Yes. Yeah. And he's great at what he does. Yeah. But it's a limited... It's a limited palette. But you've got that one scene uh of the two of them on the night uh following the, the flop sweat scene. Right. Uh when they're but he's already admitted several times, like by that point in time she knows how he feels. Yeah, she knows, yeah. Um but it's like does that make that relationship worse or better? It makes it
0: worse. It ruins the relationship. Uh they never recover. No. They never fully recover. He is soured on her, and he pollutes the room the way that men do when they're, pissy. you know, pissy or, you know, uh, brokenhearted or whatever, and he spurns her. Well, he has, that, he has a great moment, in there. I'm trying to remember what
1: the actual bit is, but he has a great moment inside of that scene, but then he has that moment, that, that super shitty, nasty moment uh, in their last scene together before it jumps ahead seven years. Where they're trying to be playful and she's like, Where will we be when we see each other in five yeah. years? And he's like, Oh, I'll, and what does he say? He'll, you'll I'll be like, single and
0: fat. Yeah, he basically said he says, I'll introduce my my To dog. my wife and my kid and yeah. you'll still be you'll just be some single fat lady. And just like, Oh, you're an ugly human being. But, but, but that's like what men do, right? You're, you're waiting and out. you're waiting for him to like smile. Yeah. And he doesn't.
1: No. And it's like, Ugh and she knows that and, and just, coming from a place of hurt, yeah, but it's still uh, that's a moment where he's great because the typical thing for Albert Brooks would be just to undercut it right away, yeah. But and, that, and I'm sure that's that's James Al Brooks saying like, no, 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 hold it for a second, yeah, yeah, because that w- that that's just Brooks's natural thing is to undercut the emo the the emotion,
0: yeah, uh, which is really common for comedic actors. That yeah, they get really, I do it all them. the time, and I I had a director once tell me that cause I'm, I'm always putting buttons on the end of scenes coming up with like a waka waka last line for people to cut out on trying different things. Like I, yeah. I, you've worked with me a bunch. I, I do a lot of improv and stuff. And finally I had a director who was in an episode of War from Black, Helen Shaver, who's brilliant. And, uh, and it was just like this kind of sexy moment between a husband and wife and, uh, and you know, the wife kind of riles me up. Tatiana riles me up as Donnie and then leaves me kind of high and dry. And I kept, as she would walk out of the room, we were, we were actually right after we dance on the bed with money. And then we have to get back to life. And uh, she kind of leaves me on to like, I'll see you later kind of thing. It's like sexy walk off kind of thing. And I was just coming up with these like stupid you know, buttons just to like break the tension of this, of, of this moment. And finally, Helen Shaver came in and she's like, you know what? If you dropped a line like that after I just riled you up and left you on like this like sexy high, I would not fuck you. (laughs) Like she said something along those lines (laughs) where I was just like so embarrassed that I was just like, oh God, you're right. I completely cheapened the moment with my stupid undercutting of the gravitas of the situation, whether it's sexual tension or dramatic tension or comedic tension, uh, so many times comedians or improv, uh, heavy actors like myself will undercut the tension that we just set up in a scene and it's, it's good direction or, or maybe it was Albert Brooks on his part catching himself, but it, it is a heavy moment that really makes you go, Oh fuck. Yeah. What a terrible thing to say to someone. But it's clearly from a point of pain and lashing out, even though he's had time to sit in this for a while. It's such a weird, great moment in the film, but my God, it's like, kind of makes you dislike him a little bit. Yeah, it's tough not to
1: do that, especially in comedy. It's like, because you always want to go for the joke. Right. You know, there was a moment when uh, we were doing Sex After Kids, the scene when Jay Brazo loses his contact lens inside Mimi Kuzik's vagina and the, and it ended with uh he came up with this great button where he ended up finding it in his beard and it's super funny it made everyone laugh in the day. Yeah. But it was like let's let's just do one where you just sit in the terribleness of the scene. Yeah. Because maybe we don't need a joke here. Yeah. You know? But I'm always the kind of guy that'll get both. Yeah. <laughs> because Gotta have maybe, options. maybe Gotta we will want it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always but it's just good to know when, oh maybe we should let this moment yeah linger for a bit. Interesting thing about this film: no happy ending.
0: No, nobody wins in this movie. No, they have that kind of false sincerity. everybody. Every, yeah, everybody kind of goes their way and kind of gets what they want, but they don't actually really get what they want, which is in this love triangle something, you which know, is good because something to work out. It wouldn't you wouldn't have wanted,
1: you know, William Hurt and. Holly Hunter to get together at the no. end because then that means Albert Brooks doesn't win
0: so it's almost like it's better. you also than- don't want Albert Brooks to ruin the friendship I mean it does everything sours in that friendship but but they and they get a hint of it back at the end like the last picture in fact the biggest loser is actually Tom even though he's the National Network anchor in Washington when he comes back from London he takes over for Jack Nicholson
1: yeah and he can so the- he gets
0: that which is what he ultimately wanted but he knows he's not up for
1: the real job of it, so he's got to bring her back to take over. Isn't, doesn't he have it? No, but the idea... is there for, like, bills? He replaces Bill. He, he replaces... Yeah, he replaces... Um, Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. But there's a... I can't remember the exact part of the job, but it's basically, like, content manager, where normally the head anchor is also that. So they're overseeing oh, right. things. But he's like, I can't do that job I as well as yeah. he would. So he basically wants to create two jobs. Right. So he'll just basically read the news. Right. And be the guy that can read the news. Yeah. Or he wants her to come and be the brain. Right. So it's and almost like says, Jack... And she says, no, she's got... It. She t- no, she takes the job at the end. She says oh, she does take the she job. She's gonna take her. Okay. Yeah, she's going to move to New York and take it. So they so essentially they both get Jack Nicholson's job at the end. Right. And Albert Brooks is in Portland. <laughs> on their second best news station yeah yeah. but he's happy but he's got a kid he's clearly married
0: found a nice woman which yeah. is kind of what he wanted yeah you know I guess I don't know he well just, he always wanted her he always wanted everybody's her everybody's got the the one that got away sometimes some of us have a couple of those
1: yeah not um, saying if
0: I do <laughs> no clearly not
1: um I do yeah cause they don't really set up any kind of story they don't set up I mean they're all ambitious they all like what does she want at the beginning of the movie I guess she wants to be promoted. She wants to be rewarded for, or be acknowledged that she's good at what she well, does. Well, she's a
0: workaholic. She's clearly depressed. She oh. has these bouts of like her crying These scenes? amazing bouts of just like crying every morning. It's like it's like her meditation or something like that. Like, yeah, it's it's fascinating. how she starts the
1: day. I love the one in the office. Yeah, and and it's like, I think that's in. the last one they show where people are just walking in and nobody's asking how she is, and you just get the sense that this happens every day. Yeah, just
0: like oh, they're used to the seeing her do this. It's the price of the job. And yeah. it's amazing, you know what? Like if they if they made this movie today with millennials as like these three characters, it it would be fucking insufferable because they would all just be too into themselves, into themselves, and and just think the whole world should be handed to them. Sorry, millennials. I'm sorry, you've got a reputation, it's true. Don't worry, we're shitty in our own way. But, but like... <laughs> you, you couldn't get away with this movie these days, I don't think. Well, and, you wouldn't, and they wouldn't allow the handsome guy
1: to be as uneducated, probably. They'd want him to... They'd want... I don't
0: feel bad for that guy whatsoever. I've met so many oh <laughs> guys sure. like that in my life that I'm so jealous of. Like... I am an Albert Brooks in this movie,
1: 100%. What's that line he has at the end? He's like, congratulations on the world's longest winning streak. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know guys like that. I'm like, fuck you, you pretty asshole. (laughs) You've had everything handed to you. It's funny to see this film made with a male sex object. Yeah. In the 80s. It's kind of neat to see that. And to see Holly Hunter be a powerful woman... And earn her stripes in her job, not based on her sex or sexuality, but on, like, just how fucking fierce she is and unrelenting, you know, drive for the truth and her ethics are strong. Well, that's why the relationship breaks down is because of yeah. the ethics of the job. Yeah. She can't oversee,
1: you know, she can't. Over- and they set that up really beautifully earlier on in the film with that, the moment with the boot, with her tape taping the boot. And he's like, and she's like, don't. Make him do it. If he wants to put it on, he can. But, like, just whatever happens, happens. We don't right. re- recreate the news. Yeah. We don't. We. Yeah. Which, but you could argue at that moment when everyone's staring at him. And she's yeah. like, you're kind of pushing him to do it. But that said, uh, it's it's very important for her to But you know what?
0: Even in that situation, it's something so innocuous as a man putting on a fucking boot. Yeah. Which is not the same as someone faking crying. Exactly, it's it's something innocuous, and it and she cares that much that she doesn't even want that to be faked. So that that really does heighten even something so anally minuscule. That, yeah, if the boot that, that would, if the boot pissed her off, yeah, then you can understand why the fake crying, the ethics behind that would be so so strong. But I also like how they set it up, how as the camera keeps rolling and like you see William Hurt whoever's off camera talking to him like, wow, your reaction was like really something. God, you know, it'd be really crazy if you were crying. I thought you were going to cry. So he was like already kind of in that moment and yes, he recreated it for dramatic purpose. And, and like he said, it can get you places where you want to go. Uh, he obviously does not have that, that ethics gene in him, uh, as strong. He does, for the most part, but but, but he doesn't see anything wrong in that one little moment. But
1: that's what I loved about that moment was that, the shades of gray of it because you could yeah. argue because you could argue that too. It's like well, he was feeling those emotions; they were yeah. real. He was just making sure they had the shot. Yeah. But also, when you look at it, that shot had nothing to do with the story. It wasn't yeah. like they needed. It wasn't like the shot no. of the boots. It and, was all for him. It was all for him. Was, and, that, and that's why and even she
0: says that when he asks her how was that story, and she's like. Well, I wouldn't have cut back to you. That's just my opinion. But it did move me. I was moved. And, you know, so she fell for it. And yeah. She fell in love with him probably in that moment. Like, that was the turning point for her, which is why finding out the betrayal of that moment it's so strong. is so strong in the breakup of them. Yeah, because Albert Brooks
1: verbalizes it where he says, you know, this guy represents everything that you you hate about where news is going what's happening in the news. Yeah. I loved her at the very beginning when she's giving that, her speech or whatever that is at the, the conference and how badly she's reading
0: her speech. Yeah. I just love like, it's just again, just such a smart, she's just like, I'm not supposed to be in front of the camera. Yeah. I'm a behind the camera person. Um,
1: but just, like, I love it when like great actors act badly. Yeah.
0: In, in, totally. <laughs> in stuff. It just, it's just such a great little trick. I really liked how this film wasn't about how the news is made necessarily.
1: That but you get a, a sense role, of it. you get a
0: sense of it. But it's really not about. It's not about ethics in general. It's, this is a movie about relationships. It's about three people, you know, in a triangle, of sorts. Yeah, trying to get with each other.
1: Yeah, and I was I was think I was kind of expecting, for some reason, at the beginning. Uh, that Joan Cusack would be more involved in that. I thought she might be, like, a fourth wheel at some point with Albert Brooks. Yeah. Uh, because she makes that one comment earlier on where she was almost attracted to him once, which just ended up being a throwaway joke. As yeah. opposed to actually going anywhere. And that's also just because I have a big crush on Joan Cusack and just wanted more <laughs> of her in the movie. <laughs> she's so
0: good in it. Yeah, she's great. She's always great. Uh... I got to interview her and her brother, John at fan expo two fan expos ago. And like, I was just their moderator on the panel and they were a lot of fun. They're both yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like surreal to just get to like meet them and then talk with them on stage. What did you ask? What do you ask the Cusacks? I can't remember. I probably have the notes somewhere. I mean, I went through a lot of their films Talked about growing up as siblings, working, and if there's a rivalry there and whatnot. And actually, I fully fully expected him to be more like, Meh, I don't really want to be here," and her to be more kind of outrageous. And it was kind of the opposite. He was like super charming, super outgoing, super funny, and she was just kind of quiet. Huh? She's just she she. I think I don't know if she was nervous. She wasn't bitchy or mean or in in, in any way. they were both really lovely, but. Just kind of quiet, and he was like the outgoing, charming one. So it was interesting to see them together. Because you never really see them work that much. Like, gross point blank, but they were, I don't think they ever had a scene together. They were always like on the phone with each They've other. They've done a few things together. Um, oh, yeah, no, because I talked about that.
1: Yeah. I forget what
0: else they had done together.
1: But she's great. What was the last thing? She did? was on Shameless for a couple of years. Did you ever watch Shameless? I did not watch Shameless. She's on the American remake of right. She's
0: phenomenal. She's phenomenal in everything. It's true. What else uh, to talk about um, I love how you never see Jack Nicholson always through a monitor as this like godlike entity within the news world cuz he's the lead anchor until the, end. until the very end when it's like firing day.
1: Yeah. And well, he's, that, he's there
0: for morale. But that, that's because he was in New York, right? Like they were Oh, the well, that's right. Office. That's right. But I also like that just as a as a mode, yeah, they keep him like that. They keep him in the screen until they need him for morale for, like, firing day.
1: I know. And, and and they have that great shot of him just kind of fumbling around, just standing around the office, not knowing what to do with himself. Yeah. But he decides he's going to be there. There's that great moment, too, earlier on in the film when uh, when they just come back from uh, overseas and they air that great story, but the boot, and he makes the phone call to her to yeah. congratulate her. And she wants to get Aber Brooks on the phone so they can share the credit, and and he gets off the phone very quickly because clearly he doesn't want to talk to Aber Brooks. Yeah, and she makes the excuse that oh, he's going to go over his monologue or whatever. <laughs> he wants to go through some copy. Yeah, and then, and then he's, he's just, just like <laughs> sitting there, <laughs> like hmm, like
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's oh, right. The com- the comedy in this is so um, it's
0: good cringeworthy stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like so the super, uncomfortability. Very sophisticated, very smart. Yeah. Um, but also just has some great moments and there's just so many lines that with a different tone, like the wrong tone, which would be so heightened and a bit too yeah. on the nose where there's that great moment that kind of defines her character where someone asks her, it's like, what's it like to be, it must be great to know, be the smartest person in the room all the time. Right. And she's
0: like, no, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. It's great. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's so true. I mean, she is the smartest person in the room.
1: Yeah, she's not wrong. That's a, She know also that. knows it.
0: Yeah. And, and it okay. is torture. You'd never want to be the smartest person in the room. Ever. You would always be, like, disappointed with the people you are around. Uh, the flop sweat scene. Yeah. So, how great is that? So, it was so uncomfortable watching Albert Brooks sweat profusely. I get those flop sweats.
1: Well, as soon as the first one came down, I knew exactly that that was the scene we were yeah. in, based on uh, you talking about. So what? Did I you know, I really- ruined that scene for you, no, I'm sorry. Not, but not that much, because as soon as you saw one coming down, you knew where it was going. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I wonder where the flop sweats right. scene's coming. It's just, so it didn't really ruin anything. So what part of that scene did you do for an audition? It, was, it was not actually, much No, scene. no, no.
0: It was actually, it wasn't for an audition, it was for class. With uh, David Rotenberg, and That's what I meant, it right. was uh, it was the scene later that night when Holly Hunter comes over. Oh, that scene! And weird. there's so much. And I remember I must have done this scene because I remember the lines either that or I've read the scene many times and just never actually done it. But I remember a lot of that scene, the dialogue from it, and now so many things make sense. And also they did it way better than I would ever do it. Oh, God. I could, I could remember how I was saying the lines. I, I could remember them when I was playing Albert Brooks' character. That's got to be surreal. It was surreal. It was very weird. And he was just doing it so much better. <laughs> and but, of course he is. Of course he is. And, like, he understood everything. And, of course, of course he is. But, man, it was so embarrassing watching that scene. And also so nice to watch that scene, actually, like understand the context behind it. Cause I had never read the script for this, uh, for that scene. And that's just me being a, maybe a shitty student acting. Uh, but it's acting better student, that you but, didn't watch it while you're preparing. Yes. Cause I it. never watch, like I'll, I'll never watch a scene. If I'm preparing a scene from a movie, I'll, I'd never want that to influence what I'm going to be doing. Cause it takes your own spontaneity and your own st- part of it, your own style out of, of doing it. But, But it makes sense. But I had seen the scene where he was sitting at the news desk sweating. Right. I I remember seeing that. And it is great. It is a great special effects work that they do to get that sweat to run down him. But it's so believable how he plays it. And I've had rivulets of sweat running down my forehead on my nose, dripping off my nose in public at like big events. Like I don't like crowds and I don't like Mm -hmm. red carpets. And things like that. I'm really, really fucking awkward. Uh, And, you know, I I, like I'll just sweat at events like too many people. I'm too warm. I'm wearing a tux or a suit and it's just too many layers. And I'm like just choking on it. And then you get one glass of wine in me and I just flush. (laughs) I just get that wine flush and just start adding more sweat to it. And then like maybe half an hour later into an event or something like that, I'll then stop sweating. Or in auditions, I'll flop sweat in auditions. It's fucking terrible. I hate auditioning. But, like, I'll walk in the room, if it's a big one and I'm nervous, my forehead will feel like it's soaked. And, like, there have been times where I've just kind of swiped my hand across Uh, my forehead and looked at my hand while talking to producers, like, in between a scene, and it's, like, wet. I'm like, oh my god, this does not look good right now. If you'd like to date Christian (laughs) Bruhn, please
1: just tweet him at the (laughs) Brune.
0: Yep. Come on, ladies. Come get some of these sexy rivulets Ugh. of toxins leaching
1: from my well, body. I'm, I'm glad you could relate and then get to do a scene in the class yeah. that you butchered. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line of his in that scene where uh, I, what I, I do love about, and this is in the writing of it as well, obviously, but the self-awareness of like the love triangle they're in, especially with Albert Brooks's character. Yeah. Where he has that great moment when he she has already said that she lo- she thinks she loves William Hurt. And then he's admitted that he loves her. And then he sits down and he's like, does anyone ever win these things? Yeah. Like,
0: am I going to win this thing? Yeah. It's like, is this even nope. possible? Once the knowledge of this like weird triangle comes about, no one wins. Even in the, that situation where William Hurt is with the reporter and Holly Hunt keeps bumping into her. And I wish there was more resolve there. Like I wish there was a blow up in the office with the reporter when she finds out that that William Hurt has the hots for Holly Hunter. I wish there was some sort of a. Well, she sent her away. There. Where they,
1: they, they had a, they had the next day, um, there was a meeting where they started talking about the cutbacks. They said we have to cut twenty four million dollars from the budget. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, they mentioned talking about that there was like some kind of serial killer case in Alaska yeah and they're like we need to send someone who do you want to send she's
0: like oh you sent Jennifer oh I didn't notice so that she got her out of the picture oh she got her really out of the picture <laughs> oh um, wow up to Alaska so that was so that's why there was probably no oh thing. right when there was like her and there's, two other three guys them, yeah. sitting on the couch yeah okay that's right I didn't remember the reporter's name. That's why. That that's was Jennifer. Okay. okay. So she, that's, that's, that's
1: why there was no big thing. <sighs> perceptive,
0: because I am
1: not. She totally cock-blocked her. It's great. Uh, I and know. I love that beat, that great moment, that great, wonderfully awkward moment when Jack Nicholson's in the office, and he's talking about how devastating all these cuts are, and he's like, well, you know, it would be a little less devastating if you took a, ch- turned a million off your salary. And Nicholson just turns to him. Yeah. And Doesn't say a thing. Stabs him with his eyes, and the yeah. guy just totally... That a bad underneath joke. That's too soon. I'm sorry. Why afraid. did I
0: do that? I, I never... That's th- just a bad... I don't feel that way. No. I'm sick to my stomach. What did I do? And that's the head of the news department. Like, that's his boss that he's saying that to. Yeah. He's apologizing... Like, like, to his... Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. But at that moment, you just go, the power Nicholson's character has over yeah. this entire empire. Lead anchor, even though he's not the boss. It, it reminds me of, like uh Peter Mansbridge on C B C the National or like Lloyd Robertson on CTV.
1: Yeah. It's, so it's interesting, there are these like interesting little satirical elements about the news, but you wouldn't call it a satire. No. It's
0: a romantic comedy.
1: Yeah. It's I
0: don't even know how romantic it is. But, but if you're classifying it, it somehow is, you know, like, I don't know what It's I a wouldn't... dramedy. It's a weird like Yeah. But they didn't really have dramedies in the 80s, I felt like. I felt like they had, like, it was either a drama, a comedy, a rom-com, an action film. Like, there was no blurring of genres. No, it's a slice of life kind of movie. Yeah. But I think that's one reason why it was recognized as a great film, but didn't really stick around. It's like, how do you classify it? What do you, where do you put it?
1: Yeah, people know broadcast news, but people don't necessarily talk about. It, I don't think the way that you do about other
0: films of the era, like Fatal Attraction or Moonstruck, or yeah, or Wall Street, like the other ones that are at that same, right. same. Uh, and it was James
1: L. Brooks that did as good as It gets with Nicholson years later, right? Oh, is that James L.
0: Brooks? Who I want to say that's true. Let's let's look
1: up. I can look that up. I can make that happen for us.
0: This is the exciting point of the podcast where there's just silence to the internet as we look things up on our perspective devices. Yeah. Yes, he directed this goes again. So what else has he done? Oh, uh,
1: Spanglish. It's not probably one of his He did works. Spanglish. Wow. He did do Spanglish. And then he hasn't directed a film since. Oh well, that's not true. He did a film called How Do You Know, which I don't remember. He's dead now. He passed away. I don't think he's dead.
0: I thought he was dead.
1: Oh my god!
0: Oh god! Was it a hoax? I'm going to Wikipedia. Stay tuned, folks. Is James L. Brooks?
1: They're just yelling at us right
0: now. They're like, we need to know.
1: No, they're going. They already know the answer, or they've googled it while we're talking. No,
0: he's still alive.
1: Yeah, I thought so.
0: Well, what the hell's wrong with me? Why do I think he's dead? Why did you kill James L. Brooks on this podcast? Isn't James L. Brooks? Involved in The Simpsons? Yeah, well, who yeah. died from The Simpsons?
1: Not him. What uh, else he directed? He's directed...
0: What the hell's wrong with me?
1: Not a ton. Like, he's mostly... He did Terms of Endearment. Oh,
0: maybe it was Sam Simon, who's the other creator of The Simpsons.
1: But, uh, you know, he's mostly a television guy. Right, every now and then comes back and dips and dips himself into uh, into film.
0: Right, right, right. Huh. Well, I mean, he's done a lot of amazing stuff. This film was great. Like,
1: but you can see why the like he's very. You watch this, and this kind of feels like a mini series of my new favorite television show. You know, you, you you can see the television writing inside of this,
0: and the way it's just about the characters. Yeah, and you could see this could have been a TV show, it, and maybe he even conceived it as such. And then someone told him, like, "Yeah, you're gonna get four episodes tops out of this. You might as well just make a movie." Yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, it's a quirky thing. It's a good movie. I'm glad I watched it. I wouldn't watch it again. Well, maybe I would. For Holly Hunter's performance, I'd watch it again. I think so. I, William, I would and William Hurt's.
1: Yeah, I would watch it again for the performances for sure. And and I think it's the kind of movie I would recommend to others for the performances.
0: Yes, she's absolutely brilliant as a leading lady, as a young leading lady. Absolutely, who's brilliant. not like who is very much who is very attractive in the movie,
1: but in at no point in time other than the scenes where she's dolled up, obviously. But
0: she's not sexualized. Yeah, or she's anything not like trying that. to be. No, nor are they trying to push her as like some. You know, doll that men attain for. If anything, I think the men in this movie are attracted to her because she's so plucky. She's, she's more good alpha. She she's a, yeah. There's yeah. They're impressed by her. There's something in- incredibly impressive about her.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why William Hurt's smitten by her. Yeah. Because of that. There's that great moment too. That's so adorable and not sexy whatsoever. When he's like weirdly fondling her breast. Yeah, and she just makes that comment. She's like, "You have to kiss me if you're going to do that." Yeah, or do that while you're kissing me, or something. Yeah. It's so adorable.
0: To be she, clear, this is after they've already kissed. Yeah, but like, it's not just him in the office like grabbing her breast. This is like they're out on a romantic night and they've kissed. Yes. And he's it's like, not, why can I not stop touching this woman?"
1: Yeah, they're yeah they're they're
0: already kind of all over each other yeah. a little bit at this point. It's yeah, not a, but it is a, a great little odd moment that isn't. Widely sexualized in any way. There's also this great scene. I, I love, but but it's the kind of thing you're watching and you're, you're looking at
1: that, going, he's touching her breast in a weird way, and yeah. then they call it on, which is great. Oh yeah. And there's that moment that you commented on when Albert Brooks is reading and listening to music at the same time. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> he's like singing.
0: drinking, singing, and reading a book at the same time, and I'm like, that's the worst piece of, like, film business I've ever seen. He's, like, clearly not reading that book because he's singing. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm reading and singing at the same time. Yes, it's something I can do. And I was like, what? get out of my fucking head, Brooks. What and he, he makes the most ghetto... The worst screwdriver I've ever seen in the history of, of, of
1: you it's know, ice
0: like Ice, vodka, and orange juice from Concentrate that he just grabs from his fingers. He just scoops it out of the, the like... Oh, God. Do, cardboard do they still tube. make that? The little cardboard tube of concentrated orange juice? Yeah,
1: they're they they they're, they're not quite the circle shapes anymore. They're more like a, they got a screw top thing.
0: But, uh, yeah. It's, that stuff just tasted like battery acid. It would give me instant heartburn. When but I, I want to... Cool. Bl- just th- scoops it in the glass, runs his finger around. But what I love
1: about that moment is you know that's authentic, and they, they borrowed that from somebody.
0: For sure. For sure. Someone... One of those Brooks had a moment in their life Yeah, down on their luck. They're just like, fuck it. You were about to talk
1: about something else a moment ago, and I think we...
0: I can't remember now. It's gone now. It's gone. It's all gone, Pete Tong. Also a good movie.
1: Great movie. Yeah. I love it. Really good movie. If you haven't seen... Shout out to Canadian films. Yeah. If you haven't seen Michael Douse's It's All Gone, Pete Tong, it's his second film.
0: After Fubar, right? Yeah, Fubar was his first. Oh, It's, it's so good. And so... So well heartbreaking shot, heartbreaking
1: and beautiful, beautifully and funny. shot,
0: super creative. I would rewatch that bad boy. Yeah, it's so good. It's all gone, Pete Tong, which is Cockney rhyming slang for "it's all gone wrong." Yeah, it's all gone. Which Pete I don't Tong. think they
1: ever bring up. In they the never movie, bring it up. No. Yeah, I, th- I know so many people that have watched that movie and they're like,
0: "Where was Pete Tong in that movie?" There's no Pete Tong. Yeah, and they don't understand. They that. They don't understand. Yeah, and it's all about a DJ who's like the to- at the top of his game he's like spinning these huge clubs in Ibiza in Ibiza Spain and he goes deaf he gets tinnitus and goes deaf and then goes insane it's great but then has to try to figure out
1: if he can fake it not fake it no i think it's more just like building a new system where he uses the vibrations right he that's becomes right. like the beethoven of dj's yeah that's right yeah uh, it's
0: basically a modernized beethoven story yeah but not, but not until he has a, a, a spectacular rock bottom. Oh, yeah. I gotta rewatch that. It's stellar. I might have two copies of it downstairs. Well, I know who you should give him one of those copies to. If I still have the second copy, it's yours. Sweet.
1: Uh, any, any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, give this movie a watch.
0: Totally you, glad I watched Who would you cast
1: it. in it today? You're remaking it today. Who do you cast in it? I would cast
0: myself as Albert Brooks.
1: That's a good casting.
0: <laughs> just because I want to do a movie like this. Um, and I can tap into that feeling of unrequited love very well. Uh, my voice cracked on that. Um, perfect. Holly Hunter. Um, I mean, they would probably cast someone like Rachel McAdams in the role. I was just thinking... But, that, she but that she's morning, a little bit...
1: She did that Morning Sunshine or something movie. That's it, true, yeah. I wonder if that's why I think
0: of her for this.
1: She was the first person That's I not it why well.
0: I, I thought of her. I just thought she kind of carries that... I almost want to say she's too nice for the role. You want someone with a little bit more edge. And I know she can play edge. You know I've who seen who her play You know who would be edge. great in it? Alison Pill. Yeah. Allison Pill would be perfect for it. But are you just thinking of uh, um the Sorkin show that she was on? Oh, in? that's
1: fair. That's fair. But then again, you would ca- like yeah. there's a reason he cast her in that part, too. Yeah. You know, is similar like she's yeah, she's got a plucky punchiness to her that's wonderful. Yeah. Um and then William Hurt just
0: pick Ar- Army Hammer. Army Hammer would be perfect for that. Army Hammer is a brilliant actor, and he would be perfect for that. He yeah. would be able to pull it off. He could play the the. He's perfect. Who was I was thinking during the movie? William Hurt is to like today's version of William Hurt was. Oh God! Oh, Aaron Eckhart. Oh yeah. I was like, that's like another one. Aaron Eckhart's maybe just a little bit too old now. Like I think Army Hammer's yeah. is young and still like. Someone has to cast. Aaron Whatever. Eckhart maybe is a little bit too craggly. But. Someone's
1: got to cast Aaron Eckhart and William Hurt as father and son.
0: Seriously. They both have those bum chins. Those rugged bum chins. Yeah, that would be great casting. Uh, great, son.
1: Sold. We can, uh, we can make this do, Let's remake
0: this. And we're not going to use insufferable millennials. No. Nah, suckers, you ain't getting this movie. No. This one's not for you. No. You can't have this, Millennials.
1: Well, thanks for coming up, man.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, God, there's so many movies I need to see. We'll do it again. Yeah. Right, whenever you're in town. Sounds good. All right, buddy. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this show. Wait, you shouldn't say the last words. No, it's Wait, okay. where can people fo- find you? This, Come on. I Don't do you know this? how to do a see, podcast? This is just insulting
1: because I do all of this <laughs> in the outro and the intro of the podcast. And I've never listened. Yeah, so don't worry. I'll Wait, I'll... have
0: you released this podcast
1: yet? This episode, no. This one's coming out right now as you listen to it. Yeah. No, I mean the podcast this in general. This is
0: episode 30-something. <laughs> You've made 30 of these?
1: I hate you. I've
0: never listened once. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Thanks
1: for joining us for Broadcast News. Please feel free to fact-check literally everything we just said. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter, at LalonJeremy and go to Facebook to check out Black Hole Films. Leave a review there on the page, or on Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to this thing. See, Christian, I do know how to plug my show. Ish. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before.